Preston? I don't know. Well, his hair is kind of, I don't know. Brown. No, it's not really brown. Oh, he's tall. Yeah. He's kind of, kind of tall. Sort of tall. And he's like always wearing like t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so he's sort of tall. Kind of. With hair. Yeah. And he wears t-shirts sometimes. Yeah. Yes. That's it? Yes. Well, I mean, he's Preston. It's Preston, you know? Preston. I like that guy. Preston! Preston. You know who else I like who never got much play? is Velma from Scooby-Doo. She, she was also a cool, she was a hip, hip patient. I like to bop bop the world a joke about a tap to sing in perfect harmony. This that I didn't actually know any of the words to that song, just the sound of it. Yes. And hearing that what felt like seven times during the movie really just brought back some some visions of the late 90s. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know and um Smash Mouth just came out with a with a single. Did they? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, so it's very apropos that we're talking about this. 2018 is fucking buck wild, y'all. Yeah. Hi everybody. Uh welcome to I think you'd be into it, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host Brandon Beck. I'm your other host Beth Scorzato. Um and joining us today is a uh, comedian, actor, uh, teammate of mine, Katie Foley. Katie, welcome Hello, to the show. Hello, thank you. Happy uh, to be here. Just, 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 just tell us who you are. What's your deal? What's, uh, what's my deal? What's what's the Katie Foley story? Oh man. Um, well, originally from the south side of Chicago, I'm obsessed with basketball because I grew up with the Bulls. You know, okay. When when they were good, sure. Michael yeah. Jordan was on. Um, I love deep dish pizza. I was actually saying today Ugh. that I Ugh. need. Ooh. Ugh. Ooh. Whoa. 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 If, if Fighting want... words. Yeah, he's super wrong about that. Yeah. Um, his the pizza he likes most, which is this is how wrong he is, yeah. is Pizza Hut thin crust pizza. Okay. Which is thin basically crust. fucking yeah. cardboard. Yeah, it's it's pizza on a goddamn cracker it's and it is a delight. Horrible. Oh it is a my delight. God. very wrong. Got that you know, nice, I was, I was got that nice pizza crunch. Saying. He's never even had good deep dish and I, he doesn't understand. I have had good deep dish. I've been to Uno's. Oh my oh, god. Oh Uno's is not deep dish number one. And number two, I actually was just saying on my live stream that uh if you're going to go to Pizza Hut, man, actually, I think it's all about the, you know, the uh, stuffed crust pizza. Nah, dog. Yeah. Nah, dog. Yeah, if you're going to get, if you're going to, like, have to go with Pizza yeah. Hut, might as well get the stuffed crust. Get yeah. the stuffed crust. That's what they're known for. And then you eat the pizza backwards, you know, speaking of the 90s. Oh, mm. God. Yeah, that was their whole thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, like, was just a good way to get your fingers greasy. Oh, so good. Um, but so, yeah, barring your wrong opinions about uh, okay. deep dish. Okay, whatever. whatever. You were you're, saying? You're super outnumbered here, dude. Right. 
Um, no, I was saying today, uh, I, I actually, I woke up, I live streamed to grab some coffee and then, um, went to a boutique gym and grabbed some avocado toast. So I'm feeling like I'm really becoming real LA, like in a disgusting way. Now, now and- did you buy the avocado toast at the gym or? No, okay. no, thank God. Um, no, this gym is not that boutique. No, it's, uh, it, it was from Earth Cafe. Was it, was it you that was telling me that you went to a pizza party at a gym? Like right before Christmas? I think. Yes. It wasn't a pizza party, though. It was a party party at the gym, oh. like with champagne and little hors d'oeuvres and stuff like oh. that. And we, and we didn't even go. We crashed it. So. Were people still like gymming about? Or? Yeah, well, I was. I had my glass of champagne and was going on the you know stationary bike. Wow. That yeah. is. I feel like that's your aesthetic in a in like one image. Yes. Champagne on the station. Yes, absolutely. Um, So before we get started with the topic at hand, uh, let's talk about what we're into this week. Don't worry. I'll go first. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. Mission Impossible was so dope. It was really fucking buck wild. Buck wild. Um, Yeah, I saw the new Mission Impossible a couple nights ago. I believe this is the sixth one. Um, I I really love these movies. Yeah. You know, in a way I, I sort of, in a way that sort of caught me by surprise. Like, the first one was fine. It was, like, a very standard, like, mid-90s Brian De Palma movie. Yeah. And then the second one was that batshit, but not necessarily in a good way, John Woo movie. But then since that third one, uh, when they got J.J. Abrams on board... I love that there's an action franchise whose, like, driving ethos is what's the craziest shit we can do, what's the craziest place we can do it, and Tom Cruise will just do it. Mm -hmm. They feel so different than, like, the sort of other big summer action spectacles, which are so, so CG heavy and so just kind of, like, I don't know, just kind of samey. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like every couple years, they'll hire a really visually inventive director to just go wild and make the craziest stunt scenes they've ever they've ever done. And like, honestly, I enjoy them more than the new James Bond movies. Mm. Like, I, I I like Skyfall, I like Casino Royale, but like, and they they, they couldn't be any more different, like tonally. Mm-hmm. But this franchise has just become one of the more reliable, like. This is a this is a fun way to spend two hours, maybe on drugs at the movies. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm really into the new uh, show. It's on NBC with uh, Amy Poehler and um, Nick Offerman. It's called Making It. I know I'm saying it like it's this indie thing, and there's things for it everywhere. But I watched the first episode. It was really delightful. Mm. It was super delightful, and like the same way that like Great British Bake Off is very delightful, and that everybody is like each other like it's it doesn't seem like a comp like a lot of u.s competitions that are just so harsh and all this nonsense it's it was very sweet and i also you know i like crafting i like making stuff and so like i don't know it was very it made me very happy made me very happy what's it about it's a craft competition oh yeah it's it's exactly great british bake-off but they're just crafting it is not exactly great british well like the the format is well no it's not you just don't watch a lot of like cooking shows so you don't know yeah fair enough (laughs) yeah um the, the thing i did like is at the very end of the show when they had to like let somebody go clearly amy poehler was just as emotional about it as the person that was gonna have to lose and like, then the whole thing ended with them all drinking wine on the porch together the yeah. person Wait, who lost in the other two reality both oh. half and half 
Yeah, okay. it, it's 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 a contest. It's a but... scripted reality because it's a competition. So like, there's little bits in between with with Nick and Amy, mm-hmm. and like, which are probably structured. In so yeah, way. they're structured for sure. Yeah, there's a screen like there was a written by credit. So yeah, Katie, what about you? What are you into this week? Um, I'm really into power. Like um, just the idea of power, the concept of no the power? television show, oh, okay. the Fifty Cent show on um I think it's on Showtime. Um, my boyfriend just kind of assumed that it was going to be like terrible like empire not i love empire it's terrible but i love it um so he kind of brushed it off and every time i'd have it on he'd be like oh babe if you're watching power i'll be in the other room playing video games and then he <laughs> caught one episode and now it's like we'll be we'll, we were binge watching to catch up with the last four years and it's like i felt like i couldn't leave like i wanted to take a shower and i'm like sean will you we pause it like we or like can you not go on to the next episode and he's like I can't tell you that I can't do that, that I'm not going to do that. Like, I, like I, I'm going to watch the next episode if you leave. So I felt like I was confined. And it was that week that we had the heat wave, too. That is one of my favorite relationship things when the other person just goes, I love you, but I can't do that. I can't do that. Can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep watching. Um, anyways, so but now I live my life in fear that I'm going to get shanked constantly. Uh, I recently wrote a sketch for our group about Netflix and chilling that totally turned into a huge drug deal. Um, <laughs> so it's like very much influenced my life. I have never heard of this program. Oh. Uh, what 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 is it other than the, the 50 cent program? Basically, um, this guy Amari, um, his name is Ghost in the show. He doubles. He has a uh, double life. He he's the biggest drug dealer in New York, and he also is a nightclub owner and a family man. Oh wow! It sounds like he's juggling separate lives in very contrasting worlds. Exactly, and he's having an affair. Oh, with a um, FBI agent. Twist. Yeah. I I almost wrote in a. I think a... she's FBI. I might be wrong about that. He's having an affair with someone in law enforcement. Oh shit! Yeah. I almost wrote as a stage direction last night. Just. Oh shit, twist! <laughs> but decided to be a little bit more professional than yeah. that. Just okay, a, just a little bit. Since when, since when are you more professional in your stage directions than that? Oh, just, uh, just, just ever. Just, uh, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, he writes some weird, as I'm sure you've seen by now, some weird stage directions that are always very literal. He writes yeah. a lot of jokes into his stage directions like anybody other than the person reading the script is going to see them. Well, I have to, <laughs> I have to entertain myself somehow. I love it. <laughs> Like, if I'm not going to be in the sketch, I need, I need to have it entertain me somehow. <laughs> I write jokes about in the... me? Bender. Uh-huh. <laughs> I write jokes in the character description, yeah. you know? Yeah. The one, one of the best, uh, best character, one of the best, like, stage directions I ev- I've ever heard was uh, Shane Black was talking about his uh, screenplay for, I want to say, the first Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, no, it might have been Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Um... But they described this, like, really fancy, like, mansion with, like, a jacuzzi and, like, picture windows as a great place to have sex in. Oh. I was like, that's, yeah, that's that says pretty much everything I need to know about yeah. this place. Um, so now uh, let's, let's turn our watches back about 20 years, shall Literally we? Literally 20 years. Yeah, 20 because... Years. I can't hardly wait to talk about our topic at hand today. The movie can't hardly wait. Katie, why do you love this movie so much? Okay, guys. I remember being a certain age. I'm not going to give it away, um, but younger and uh, <laughs> not of drinking age yet. Um, even though I, I'm in an Irish family, they, they were more responsible than that. But I remember going to the movie theaters as a younger kid and feeling like I was at this party. 
and feeling it's about a high school party and feeling like this was the coolest shit ever you know the, the whole idea behind the movie was that they said all of the best movies take place at the all the best scenes in every teen movie is always the party scene so why not just make a movie that the whole movie is the party scene exactly and it's yeah. well written too yeah yeah, but it's also fucking. It's wild. It is wild, and it's funny. Brandon had never seen it until he he watched it last night at, when we were first doing it. He was like, "Oh, who's in it?" I was like, "I mean, think about who you think would be in a teen movie in 1998, and that's who's in it." <laughs> that was like Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt, <laughs> featuring Seth, Seth Green. Green and Lauren Ambrose. Yeah. Yes, in a in a storyline that and also doesn't quite work. There's like a weird Jerry O'Connell uh, cameo. Oh yeah, yes, there yeah. Is. as fucking. Trip, as the trip high McNeely. school, as the college well, guy that you, couldn't get laid. And you know what's the strangest thing is that Jason Siegel is a part in it, and he got completely cut out, and he's probably the most famous person in it now. He's in he's in one scene still. Where yeah, he no, is, but he doesn't really talk. No, he's got but the watermelon. Thing. Yeah, he's he's sitting there. It's it's his, an outdoor scene at this party, and the nerd kid I think is talking to yes. Jason William Siegel's. Lichter. Yeah, he's talking to uh, Jason Siegel's buddy. And Jason Siegel is there looking high out of his mind, literally eating out a piece of watermelon. Yes. Honestly, like, he might have just been there. That, that that's very just true. Been what was happening. That, well, that is his character. Like, there are deleted scenes of him being the watermelon boy. Really? Yeah. So he was, like, cut out of the movie, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's such a weird scene now, because, like, he's he's being very tender with this watermelon. Like, yes. he's Like, he's... he's He's eating it out, but then also delicately fingering it <laughs> while, like, he's talking. There's a lot of weird background shit happening in this movie. Yes. I, I don't remember where. I took a one, bunch of one notes. One of my favorite background things is the guy who steals stuff. Oh, yeah. Kid, that, that Yeah. What is that actor's name? I've seen I, him. I don't He was, oh, God, he was in another one of those teen movies. I feel like he's. Was he the Shermanator? I don't know. I think he was the Shermanator. What what movie is Shermanator from? I think it's from American Pie, but I might be wrong about that. My, mm. Honestly, one of my favorite things about this movie is the graphic design of this movie, where the cover is clearly just trying to make you think it's American Pie. Right. Well, I think that was just kind of the the style uh, back then. All no, posters for like really. teen movies were the the teens sort of looking up at the camera over like a sharp color. Uh, it's it's the same as like. The, well, I mean, yeah, American Pie. The Clerks trailer is kind of the same, or the Clerks poster. Yeah, but Clerks is not. What? And there's that other one with uh, fucking Kirsten Dunst that I, I can't remember what that <laughs> is called. No, I made him watch. It's per, the poster is purple and green. What? Mm. And like somebody's holding like a bar watch? of soap. No, 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 just some other. Oh, movie I'm thinking of. I oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, no, the, oh, but I made him watch Get Over It once, and he was like, "What is happening? <laughs> Get Over It is." is wild she's all too. that is good i love so she's driving all me crazy. That. i was surprised yes, i love driving crazy i actually i just went to um adrian grenier's birthday party because i needed to see him in person because he was in drive me crazy i don't give a shit about entourage we i don't care he about lives the rest near of here career. somewhere because i see him at restaurants pretty at yeah. little doms around the corner you see yeah. him lunch. we we passed by him uh, outside condor of... the taco place in uh silver lake once too we were walking by little doms once and he was sitting at an outdoor table mm. and like had his legs crossed but his leg was just straight up out into the sidewalk. Yeah. Probably covering half the space you'd need to walk. And I was like, this this is my chance. Like, I could just, like, ram into <laughs> Adrian Grenier. I have no personal animosity towards Adrian Grenier, but what he stands for is kind of not great. Um, and I was like, I could, I could do it. I could knock him out, but 
Mm. No, I'm not. Yeah. For those who had, I was gonna say for those mm. who haven't seen it or those who had not seen it in a long time, I feel like we should remind people what the fuck yeah, this pro- movie probably. is about. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it all takes place. Like I said, it all takes place at a party. It's a graduation party for high school, and um, it it basically just like plays out all the things that would happen in a high school movie just under the backdrop of this party. Uh, and so Jennifer Love Hewitt's character has just been broken up with by her like popular boyfriend, and she's Mike all upset. Dexter. Mike, Mike Dexter. yeah, which I, she doesn't I know. She doesn't know like what her identity is beyond Mike's girlfriend. Yes, and then she somehow finds this like love letter that Preston had sent her. Preston yeah, Myers. that Ethan Embry wrote her like yeah. four years ago, yeah. like out of nowhere. And my favorite part of this movie is there's like a huge chunk of it that just takes place with like Seth Green in the bathroom trying to get laid and he plays a wigger and it's super like super weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seth Green's character did. That was not a good summary guys. There's a whole nother section too with the popular kid and the unpopular kid. And I mean, it's, it's, it's someone does a coming of age high school movie. It's about their graduation night. It's like yeah. it feels like yeah. it's halfway between Dazed and Confused and Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. where you have the like tried and true format of last day of school, you know, let's all go all out, you know, or first day of college. Like they, they've they've made that movie a dozen times. Right. Uh, Dazed and Confused, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, that Richard Linklater thing about the baseball players from a couple years ago that was really good. Um, but this is, I think, the most, like, casually surreal version of this kind of movie that yeah. I've ever seen. Like, And it's kind of that way on purpose, though. Oh, it totally yeah. is. Like, as I was watching it, the movie that it reminded me the most of, the way it was shot, was Brazil. Because it's, mm. lo- it's lots of long takes. Yes. And they're all very, all the shots are super wide. Yes. So you really get the sense of where you are in this party but it's they're also very tight on the actors yes which has that weird very terry gilliam like if you do a hard close-up on somebody with a very wide lens yeah it makes it all feel not quite fisheye but everything feels a little blown out and a little like stranger and a little a little oppressive Mm -hmm. which like was an interesting vibe to have on a movie about a party I think it makes sense, though. Oh, it totally because, does. Because, you know, when you're at a party, it really is. You're either kind of looking at a whole group or you're you're just talking to one person, you know? That's true. Yeah, I, th- I think I just, I, I think I meant more, it was it was odd, just, that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that was the whole thing about this movie for me, is it was just not at all what I was expecting. Mm. The more What did I've, you think about, like, it going into it? What did you think it was going to be like? Uh, I had no, I had no real preconceptions yeah he doesn't he never really watched a lot of like 2000 like turn turn of the century jesus like teen movies like like i've seen a lot of them like that was those but he most of the ones he's seen i've made him watch or he's just like i don't understand like but this was also i mean this is if you're gonna talk about like oh when like the big teen movie things started like i mean this is three years after kids right but it's the first of it's before like a lot of the other like really iconic like ones, American Pie, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. It, yeah. it kind of really like kicks this genre off, and it allows you to get movies kind of like Get Over It, which is also super surreal and like kind of weird, and has like all these dream sequences in it. Yeah, and it was an adaptation of a Shakespeare. Get Over It, wasn't it? Uh, they're doing a Shakespeare. They're doing Shakespeare. They're doing Midsummer Night's Dream. I I feel like with these movies, they're either 
an adaptation of Shakespeare or someone is or someone is doing exactly or someone is doing Shakespeare like as a as a plot point. Yes. She's um, the man is a really good interpretation of a shark's Shakespeare. That's uh, Amanda Bynes, yes. right? And then okay. in 10 Things I Hate About You, there's a whole character mm-hmm. that's dedicated to Shakespeare. Well, 10 Things I Hate About You is also an adaptation it of is. Taming of the Shrew. Tam- yes. Right, I couldn't and, remember. And uh, She's the Man is Twelfth Night. Right. Right, 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 right. Uh, American Pie is Titus Andronicus. Yeah, obviously. Um... In that famous pie fucking scene, yeah, yes, yeah. Shakespeare's famous pie fucking scene. It's, uh-huh. it's it pretty much maps directly one onto the other. God, I would, I would love to see Eugene Levy as Titus Andronicus. Oh How good would that be? Um, yeah, going going into this, I I don't know what I thought it was gonna be. I I think I just had this sort of preconception in my head of like what these kind of movies were, and the more that I've seen them the more I'm realizing, like, there was a lot of interesting stuff yeah. happening here in, a, in a, a genre that, like, I think just by the look of it, I was like, eh, I don't want to fuck with that. Right. You and know? it's also funny because every uh, every teen movie at that time, like, had a big dance number. But this one basically, again, was just all at the party. Yeah. Yeah. Like a big weirdly well, choreographed dance if, member. if there was a dance number, it definitely is William Lichter with... Um, Paradise oh, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I was sure. Say, it's the Guns oh N' Roses. God, yeah. yeah. I was going to say Guns N' Roses in this is like the substitute for the big choreographed yeah. sequence. Yeah. That that part was awesome. It was. That part was really, really and good. And you know what's weird about that part is in the trailer, they censored it. They either censored it or they decided to reach to change the line. Okay. Because in the trailer, William Lichter goes, um, I can't feel my legs. I, uh, what does he say? I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. Okay. In the movie, he goes, I can't feel my legs. I have no legs. Okay. Weird. It's really weird. They changed the line in the from the trailer to the movie. Well, I mean, Melissa Joan Hart was in this, too. So she's oh my... in the background, too, somewhere. She, there... Well, she's the yearbook girl. Yeah, she's yeah, the yearbook yeah. girl. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people that ended up then in a lot of these movies in this. The the other thing I, I speaking of Melissa Joan Hart, the other thing I realized about this movie is how much of a cartoon it is. Yes. Like, it is it is just a straight-up cartoon. Uh, like, Ethan Embry might as well be a cartoon golden retriever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I... Melissa Joan Hart's character at one point gets shoved out of frame. Yes, she does. Violently. By Mike Dexter. By Mike Dexter. And it makes a like. Mike Dexter say my yearbook. Like it makes like a cartoon like slipping sound. Yes. As she gets pushed out of frame very hard by a large man. Yes. It, it She gets like weirdly abused throughout this movie. And the movie seems to have no, no. Like does not feel bad about it. No, totally. The way it just like abuses her. Well, she ends up getting her hers at the end because she ends up getting with the guy, the mem- the awkward memory guy who abuses everyone else by bringing up awkward memories. Oh, uh, that's that's very true. So I, it's all about the memories, man. Sp- so speaking of, I I have a question for for the two of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it? Did they go on to write the greatest movie ever? Yes, they did. Yes. Well, what movie is that? Oh, these are the same people who wrote Josie and the Pussycats. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, Harry Elephant and Denise something. Kaplan. Denise Kaplan. Yes. Oh. That's that's another one I haven't seen that, like, I did not realize. That is a problem in our relationship <laughs> that he hasn't seen it. I did not realize until a couple years ago that that movie has, it's like. so good. 
a huge following. Yeah. Like I, when it came out, I thought it was just like, oh, this is just another kind of like Spice World thing. Right. But like, but no not. people. Like like women of a certain your age love that movie. It's good. Yeah, that's why I heard. The soundtrack is very good. Well, Who you, is in that again? It was Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook, uh, Tara Reid. Oh, my and, God. Um, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, okay. yeah. When they did the live one a few, uh, when they did the screening and the live performance uh, with the, uh, the band. Oh, fuck. What's her name? It's a woman from something. Whatever, it's the same band that plays on the roof at the end of Ten Things I Hate About You. But she's oh, uh, yeah, that's great. she's great. But anyway, so she did a live performance of some of the songs at the Ace Hotel, and then there was a screening of it, and uh, all three of the women were there, mm-hmm. and uh, they hadn't planned on all three of them being there. Um, one of them, I think it was Rosario Dawson, ended up like sneaking on at the very end, and like at the beginning though, uh, it was just like it was Tara Reid and. And Rachel Lee Cook, and they're like interviewing Rachel Lee Cook and whatever. And then it's a lot of Tara Reed just sitting there. And I was there with my friend, and she was just like, God, Tara Reed, how are you alive? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> well, I mean, she's spending a lot of time in Paradise. She yeah. is spending a lot. Of- oh my God, Paradise. So, my question for the two of you Yes. What were you doing on the night you graduated high school? Oh, I'm not telling that story on here. It's depressing. Okay. And oh. bad. That's fine. I went to the premiere of Cars. <laughs> Because, because I, I was, I was thinking about like all of these movies make it seem like you're, you're the night you graduate or like your last day of school is always going to be like the most epic, fun day. But yeah. like, I wasn't talking to most of my friends at that yeah. point. Mine was not eventful, other than it. I mean, it was eventful, but it was bad. Mine was pretty good. I got to see Cars. God, that's so boring. <laughs> and Brad Paisley. <laughs> um, cars Katie, what about so you? Boring. I don't remember to be honest. Yeah. I think I went to a party. Yeah. I mean, my school. They would throw an all-night graduation party that, like, the school would put on, Ew. like, at the school. Um, that was, I guess, in theory, fun. That's, I think, the best the best descriptor you can give to a school-adjacent function. I guess it was supposed to be yeah. fun. A friend and I went and toilet paper at someone's house between our ceremony and the party, though. Nice. And then did you uh, steal a gumball machine, a cop car? No. And the other things that... Uh, the live-action version of the creepy kid from Hey Arnold stole. No. <laughs> so, Katie, what what is it about this movie that has that keeps you coming back to it after twenty years? You know, honestly, like growing up, I um, my parents sent me to a school that was far away from all my friends. Oh yeah, where, where was that? Um, well, I lived in Beverly, South Side of Chicago. Okay, and then I went to school in High Park, which is like Obamaville, basically. So, uh, I had a lot of FOMO growing up. I I uh, didn't get to hang out with my friends as much as I as I wanted to, and I didn't party as much in high school as I would have liked to. I really my I didn't party at all in high yeah, school. Yeah, my group of friends was really my friends from Second City in high school. Oh yeah, yeah, those were like the ones who got me through. So it was just really cool to feel like I was immersed in this world, you know? Sure. And I always go back to that. Like that just felt like the coolest. Like watching it felt like the coolest shit ever, you know? Yeah. So I, I I guess a lot of the appeal for you is in the nostalgia. Exactly. I also it. am in love with Ethan Embry in this movie. That's fair. He's a very cute boy. He is in, in this movie. And I will say, guys, that I that that moment that he had with Jennifer Love Hewitt, I had with him. Really? Yes. Oh. Go, go on. Yes. So it was. I want to say it was three years ago. Beth I w- and I both leaned back from our <laughs> microphones. <laughs> as if to just, like, we just want to listen to this. Tell. Yeah. 
Um, it was three years ago. It was at the cemetery, Senespia. I saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time. I had never seen it before. I was dressed. It's fine, it is, right? It's okay. It's, yeah. It does. It serves its purpose. Yeah, it doesn't do much for me either. Yeah. Sorry for such a hot take on this show, but no one yeah. here is obsessed with Rocky. Yeah. Sorry, every theater kid in high I know, school. Right? Rocky Horror is theater kid. Fine. I still know. Yeah, all those kids in Santa Monica who go see it at midnight. I, uh, I can watch. I can watch and listen to it like once every three years. It's fun to dress up and go to a movie, but and yeah. the songs aren't bad. Yeah. But like, it's it's that whole like high school theater kid version of being like body yeah that just does nothing absolutely yeah absolutely anyway so i went to see rocky horror picture show for the first time i was dressed up as cleopatra and i see um oh my god judy jetson right in front of me right and i lock eyes with judy jetson and like got lost in his eyes with judy jetson judy jetson the wife the or not judy jetson the, the the daughter Jane. Jane Jetson? No, Jane is wife. Oh, Judy is the daughter, yeah. Yeah, Judy Jetson. That's what I thought. Got locked in Judy Jetson's eyes only to realize it was Ethan Embry. Wow. that And that's why I clarified because I was like, wait, Ethan Embry was dressed as Judy Jetson. He was dressed as Judy okay. Jetson. I was dressed as Cleopatra. And I suddenly locked eyes with Judy Jetson for a good, like, three seconds near a food truck. Wow. As one does. And I had that moment that he talks about with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So are and you... now we're friends on Facebook. Nice. <laughs> I've invited him to my can't hardly. I have a can't hardly wait party every year around June. <laughs> yeah, you guys gotta come next time, and everyone dresses up. And I've invited him every year, and he's never come. So that's that's change. Ethan that's Embry. awesome. We should sort of change.org petition. Yeah. Yes. Just Ethan petition. Embry, come to my come to my party. Come to my party. Yeah. I I once I once had a. 10 minute conversation with Ben Folds in the East Village which was a conversation I started before I knew it was Ben Folds yeah like I like I was just passing by this couple walking back to a theater and like overheard one of them say something like deeply strange about someone having a tattoo of the musician Amanda Palmer Mm -hmm. like on their face and I was like wait what and then uh the guy started uh explaining what he had what what the situation was and then I realized, oh, that's been folds. Whoa. Oh, that's been folds. Um, I wouldn't have started this conversation had I known. Uh, but now I'm talking to Ben Folds and his girlfriend. But I think he probably really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I very like very in passing mentioned like as we were sort of like saying like, hey, you know, it's nice to meet you. That like, oh, I'm I'm going to see your band in like two weeks. <laughs> but like other than that, I just like didn't even like I, I tried to be cool Should have played yeah. your north carolina boy card oh i did okay i did i told mm-hmm. him that uh we we had both seen our first concert at the same place mm-hmm. at the carowinds amphitheater his was neil sadaka and mine was weird al yankovic of course oh. it was because you are a boy of an age that you are how yeah. how was weird al in concert oh. oh he saw him at the ace hotel too not that long ago Ooh. both nights yeah i am um, weird Al was the first He's concert seen weird al a few times. i've ever i ever saw and it was the Bad Hair Tour, uh-huh. uh, which was the first Weird Al record I ever had. Um, still maybe my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Sixth grade me lost his mind. Yeah. Um, I was very nervous about it being loud because I was expecting it to be like Metallica concert level loud. But no, it was just a it was a normal volume. Um, but yeah, he last month he did a tour called the like highly ill-advised personal vanity tour Mm -hmm. where 
and his shows have always been like very elaborate spectacles, yes. like costume changes and videos, and like it's it's very much a show. Whereas for this tour, they dropped all that, yeah, um, and just played deep cuts and originals. Mm. He did like a medley of like his five biggest, like Eat It and Amish Paradise and Smells Like Nirvana at the end of the set. But other than that, it was it was two nights of deep cuts and originals and like stuff he hasn't ever really played and stuff that I love that I never expected to hear him play like yeah. Albuquerque. Um, it was so good. Yeah. I also, I also gotta give, gotta give some points to his lighting designer. They, the first night he did, um, a song from the eighties called dog eat dog. That was a talking heads parody. Mm. And the lighting guy lit the band like in stop making sense where it's it was from below so it's just blowing these huge shadows which was a very very nice touch so props to you weird al's lighting guy so yes brandon's focus in the 90s was very different (laughs) yeah yeah i was very much like he was into weird al we were into teen movies yes yeah but also like they might be giants and actually i think saving silverman is the first movie i ever saw in a theater by myself oh yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of really good ones from this era, but they got kind of kicked off by Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Honestly, like you don't have a lot of these other really iconic ones without Can't Hardly yeah, Wait. Yeah, and it's just a really nice coming of age. I think it's unfortunate because I do think that it's not as well recognized as like American Pie. That's very true. Yeah. You know, um, I had to do a lot of like digging to yeah. remember which movie this was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, then and like, also because the title, and it's also because the title is just exclusively because the song "Can't Hardly Wait" plays over the credits. Like, there's no reason for it to be called right. that. Yeah. Like, and that was that's the other thing. Uh, Patton Oswalt used to have a bit about generic rom com titles, yes. and he had and he talked about a movie called like "Feeling Sorta Kinda," <laughs> which like I think that is one of the downsides to just sort of g- like general kind of mainstream rom coms yeah. and these kind of like teen movies mm-hmm. is that a lot of the time the title feels disposable or just feels like this might not have been the title of this script. That's like my favorite movie of this like era is uh, boys and girls. Mm. It's just called boys and girls. Yeah. I I don't mind the title. Can't hardly wait. I don't either, but I'm just saying when, when you're mentioning it, it's not like, it's not like they're trying, like, other than their future. They're not, right. like, explicitly waiting for it, you know? And it's named after the song that plays over the credits. Right, like, right. But I think it is, like, I can't hardly wait for that party. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. So the movie ends with Ethan Embry getting together with Jennifer Love Hewitt, yes. who felt like such a non-character to I me. Mean, that's kind of her whole thing. That's, that that's she's very true. She has no identity beyond it, being somebody's girlfriend, and then she still doesn't. Dude, I, I actually, in college, would do that monologue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I know myself. Um, no, but uh, that is, it's actually, it's it's in a lot of reviews. It's like Jennifer Love Hewitt literally just walks around the party aimlessly looking pretty. So there's, there's a scene where, like, the fact that her and astronaut Mike Dexter have hmm. broken up has sort of gotten around to the rest of the party. And yes. it's just her walking through like the living room and every single dude is basically like, Hey, yeah. sorry you guys broke up. If you want to like want talk watermelon? about it, yeah. spend some time. My, my note during that scene was, is this what it's like being a woman on earth? Yes. Always. Yes. Yeah. 
not yeah. great. Yeah, it it didn't seem it didn't seem ideal. But it also like it was so but interesting. Yeah, she has no character development in this movie, which sucks. No. No. Because, like, there was an opportunity, like, everybody else either, like, gets what they deserve or, like, gets theirs. The people in this movie that get fucking short-shrifted are Jennifer Love Hewitt, who has no character development beyond giving um, Ethan Embry what he wants, you know? Right. Beyond beyond that, she has no character development. She just goes from being one person's girlfriend to another person's girlfriend. Yeah. And fucking Denise also gets short-shifted. Which one is she? She's the one who sleeps with Seth Green. Yeah. Okay, well... that's why I brought this up. Because the two main women in this movie both get so fucking short shifted. Yeah, because yeah. that's what that's what I was gonna say. Because the, the movie, it ends with them, uh, Ethan Embry and uh, J. Hugh, getting <laughs> together. They felt like the couple that was in the rom com, where that's sort of supposed to happen. Yeah. But then with uh, Lauren Ambrose and Seth Kenny Green, Fisher, yeah, yeah, the turn from them like being you know childhood friends who then grew apart to fucking in the bathroom because they're locked in that that turn didn't ever feel quite right to me or or if not if not the turn like the way it works out afterwards where they like become a couple well they become a couple for like five minutes then they break up and then they fuck in the bathroom again which is just like look it was it was so weird because it was one of those it it is like i feel like a late 90s puritanical thing where heaven forbid they sleep together just because they want to. Yeah, they have yeah. to. You have to be dating at that at that age, you know? right? Because that's what I thought it they was. They must gonna... be together. Because that's what no. it felt like it was getting to. It's like it felt like they were gonna bang and then just be like, "Look, that was like that was fun, but like, hey, we both just." I think graduated. that is what it ends up getting to. I think so. It I... does, but it just doesn't feel earned. I know. I, under- it, I understand. The movie, movie kind of presents it as like they they broke up and then they got back together ten minutes later in the bathroom. Right. The, the movie is predicate the, the the whole thing at the end is predicated upon like oh, they, they I, I fuck, can't so I imagine guess they're back together. right I can't imagine that they stayed together but I and I do feel you about feeling like it is a wrong turn but at the same time I feel like I knew so many people in high school because sex was just being introduced yeah right that did hook up that seemed so inappropriate for each other but everyone sure. was just so into the idea of sex you know and and if, yeah. if it was like you know some guys who i, I wouldn't would never imagine that they, they would go for a certain girl but the girl was easy so they did go for her sure you know so it i feel like i saw a lot of pairings like that i i feel like it wouldn't shock any of you I didn't have a ton of sex in high school, <laughs> or any, really. Did you guys have that friend that was the person that had had sex, and it was just like, they, they, they've, had, they've had sex, but you also kind of really want to know what it's like? No, we were all theater nerds. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. None of us had sex. All, all of my, my, my few Or if we did, nerd. I didn't know about it. Yeah. I had friends who had sex. Well, I feel like it was either you I weren't. I just didn't know about it if, if they were. But it was either you weren't or you, your friends that had had sex had been dating the entirety of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was either long-term couples or you're just like a little more world-wise. Yeah. Slightly older friend or like friend who grew up to be a model. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to go back into that headspace of like this means everything. Yeah. It's it's interesting to watch a movie that is so predicated upon that feeling mm-hmm. and both to really be in it, like really in that nostalgic, like, oh my God, this was, this was the best. Right. But to also have had a decade or two beyond that to have the like, oh, 
all of these kids like this is the last time it was like that for yeah. any of them like it, like it has a very kind of bittersweet vibe to it that it sort of actively feels like it's trying to outrun that like it doesn't want to get too deep into it but it, it was it was really interesting that like the headspace it put me in mm-hmm. and like the things it like i found myself thinking about the fucking like journaling i was doing the night before i graduated mm. like like where i was Nerd. right but i mean that's the other thing that i i mean it, because it is so integral to the genre it does play a lot it plays very heavily on tropes that i think don't always exist as much in it's high school in an idealized way even yeah. even when the ideal is actually very shitty for many people you yep. know that's what you expect high school to be and then in reality it's you know, there really aren't as many heroes and villains right. as, as it's made out to be. Are you still, like, talking with any of your crew, like, from high school? Like, like the, like the kids that would have been in your version of this movie, are they still in your life at all? Yes. Okay. My best friend in the whole world is from, um, we, we went to a K through 12 school. Same. Same. Yeah. So my best friend is from fifth grade. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that, I feel like that happens more for whole ride schools yes. than just a high school. Right. I did have friends that just came in high school and I only talked to a couple of them. Yeah. You know? Um, and I felt very close to some of those people, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. I, I had the, I had the same thing. Like none of, none of the people that I was closest with at that point in my life, I'm not really talking with any of them mm-hmm. with the exception of my, ex-girlfriend that i wasn't talking to then but was in my wedding last year just got the invitation to her wedding today (laughs) wow um yeah which like i i wouldn't have thought you know in summer of 2006 of all the people she was going to be the one that i was still talking to out of like this group of people that i was like these are my people like this is like my found family yeah you never know i yeah it's funny you said that i actually one of my best friends from high school she's a couple years older than me she, I went to her wedding two years ago, and it did mostly. The guest was was highly composed of her exes as well. Really? Oh yeah. So I like actually went around and did videos of them if they <laughs> like were giving speeches at the wedding. Oh, you nice. know? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, we we each had an an ex in our uh, bridal and groomal parties. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's so great. That's the term, right? Groomal. Groomal. Yes. Groomal. No, the whole thing is called a bridal party, but I'm gonna stick with groomal. Okay. Groomal. Whatever. So I, I would care. love to hear because, um, you know, obviously Canter the Wit is coming on a 20th year anniversary and there has been some chatter about potentially bringing it back. Mm-hmm. What our predictions would be like, who'd still be together? Uh-huh. I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't idea think it's a good idea. To come back, but but I, would I, like to hear... I would love to see. I mean, I think that it's a thing that could definitely like get a crowd for a screening oh, yeah. totally. and like definitely. and like a discussion. But I'm not sure that making a sequel is. I don't think it's serving at all, but I just wanted no. to hear your predictions as to what it actually would be. Well, I think well, if you were I would do have it... to be if you were going to do it, it would have to be another party, so it would have to be a reunion, right? It would have to be a reunion. But they, they, you know, they wrapped it up at the end with all these like, "This is what happened, and here's what happened to Mike," and like, yeah, like especially the ending for Mike makes it hard to then have a sequel without having to like replay all of that yeah where he's like a tech billionaire now no 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 that's William William is the nerd he does well he becomes popular at Harvard and then becomes a tech billionaire Mike loses his football scholarship because he drank too much and then ends up 40 pounds overweight working at a car wash where he gets fired because they find some suggestive Polaroids oh yes I love this. I, I, other than astronaut Mike Dexter I did not catch a single character's name in this entire (laughs) movie (laughs) 
I think that um, that Preston Myers and um, they for Amanda, sure did not last. I think they did last. Oh, oh the movie the movie straight up, straight up tells you that they that they did. They're still yeah, together. Yeah, they're still together when this under when the predication ends, of when it when it ends and when it came if out there was a sequel. I think that either they did last or they didn't last and then they get back together. There's also a good chance that I they had like say, four kids and hate each other. That's what I'm saying. I think that if they stayed together, she eventually realizes she just traded being one person's girlfriend for being another person's girlfriend. Yeah. It still has no fucking identity. And yeah. like, like like the girlfriend of a dude she doesn't really know. No, she doesn't even know him. She couldn't recognize him. She walked around the entire party trying to find him. Nobody knew what he looked like and then she yelled at him because she didn't know who he was. Yeah, she straight yeah. up told him to eat a she, dick like 12 yeah, hours before. She straight up didn't know what he looked like 12 hours earlier yeah i think there there is an in- interesting movie to be made there yeah the like what ha- like where are the high school friends from like the high school movie mm-hmm. 20 years later i don't think can't hardly wait is the franchise to do it with mm-hmm. i think there is an interesting like big sleep kind of movie you could do oh totally no, no, sorry not, not big sleep big chill big chill big thank chill, you yeah. but that one also is about a funeral though i i i would i would watch a version of big sleep with uh seth green's character yeah i would watch the shit out of uh kenny what's his face kenny do- fisher kenny fisher solving some like 70s mysteries <laughs> with some coke with a bunch of cocaine in his cats like i would oh my god i would watch the shit out of that i love i love kenny Fisher. but it's just i mean yeah I don't, I don't know i'm not sure that it would be served by coming back because part of what makes it so magical is like what we were saying of that that energy of that like perfect yeah. night and everything means so much and if you do a sequel to something like that you kind of have to address that reality ain't like that yeah. and then everything's I, terrible i totally agree and it's funny i've, I've been watching um I've been watching Jerry Seinfeld show, um, and I've also been oh, watching Seinfeld? History of Comedy. <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld. No, no, no. Uh, I haven't uh, seen it. Comedians in Cars with Coffee. Com- comedians in Cars with Coffee. Um, and uh, I love how everyone gives Zach Galifianakis so much shit for doing the Hangover oh, really? sequels. Like, at one point, Jerry Seinfeld was like, do you think that if The, that if, uh, the Hangover didn't have a sequel, it would be like a classic? you know yeah and then barack obama was so funny when he was on between two ferns because he gives zach galifianakis shit for the hangover oh yeah he just straight up nukes him from orbit a couple times yeah it's very good right i i I how's it feel how does it feel to be dunked on by the president of the united states oh so good i zach galifianakis is a great stand-up comedian i don't think he gets enough credit for that it's yeah i mean i love between two ferns i think it's great between you know? two between two ferns was really they did a really smart thing yeah with that the way the way that they made them satire satirizing the whole you know talk show genre right and and also like by making it an event right like because they did them so i mean back when i was in college they did them a couple times a mm-hmm. year but like now it's every maybe every year Mm -hmm. every couple years and it seems to just be when they've gotten someone that is either super famous right or an interesting pairing yes and like i i think because they could have just oh yeah they had like jerry seinfeld and cardi Cardi b B, yeah yeah because like you could do zach galifianakis kind of like passive aggressively shitting on someone for a million episodes right but that they really pick their shots i think is why that series is still held up as like such a smart and funny thing. Absolutely. So, so is there anything else in the the land of can't hardly wait, Sylvania? 
that uh, that we haven't haven't, that we haven't addressed. Yeah, Um, we didn't really talk about William Lichter that much. No. Uh, Yeah, that's a weird one, too. And, you know, he's a lawyer now. He's not even an actor anymore. Which one is he again? He's a nerd. The nerd? Okay. He's a nerd. Yeah, he was in Dick Tracy as a kid. And then this was his kind of return to acting. Yeah, and now and now he's a lawyer. That's such a weird one too, like the whole him and Mike thing, and them getting drunk, and then Mike just ignoring him, and like yeah. the two friends on the roof who get abducted by aliens because right. we haven't talked about that. Oh, is fire that, photon! Is, is that pew, what happens? Yeah, yeah, they get At abducted the end, by aliens abducted after by talking aliens. about how they. Uh, are not upset that they this they they were like yeah we didn't miss anything at the party and then they get abducted by aliens right and one I of them dating Christy Turlington I just I just couldn't get over the fact that one of them looks like baby Al Franken but yeah uh, yeah his two friends on the roof they like never execute their plan William and here's a here's a great hey kids here's something that doesn't happen you don't get drunk enough to forget why you were there but remember all the words to Paradise City right uh, you can have one or the other yeah hard no disagree the beer. the beer has gone bad tastes like beer to me man I feel like if I was fucked up that's the only way I could remember all the lyrics to Paradise City <laughs> yeah I'm just saying you don't forget one and not the other <laughs> can we talk for a minute about how kind of homophobic this movie is well it was 1998 right there's a lot yeah. of gay panic there's a ton of gay panic there's a I ton mean, every of... tv show at that time too gay panic is just the punchline that scene with jenna elfman mm-hmm. as the as a stripper oh yeah stripper. we forgot to oh yeah, yeah which is which is a which is a cool scene and it's it's just the parallel to the scene with uh Mike Dexter and it's also uh, a nice Jerry way O'Connell. to get out of the party for a second, oh, totally. you know, and to have like an adult yes. there for a minute. Yes. But like the end of that scene is sort of like oddly queer positive mm-hmm. in a movie that uses fag as a punchline like half a dozen. Oh, times. yeah, it does. It's real. And like, I don't think it's it's queer positive on purpose mm-hmm. for a movie that's so like silly and broad and surreal. It's interesting to have seen that that still felt okay. Yeah, but and it then. was and it was. I don't think it's like I said. I've I've seen a lot of other stuff that, that the writers wrote. I think it's just that was the comedy of the oh, time. Totally. Oh, I don't exactly. think that it, I don't exactly. think it means that anything by it. Climate. That's just absolutely exactly that's like what you did. Up that's in what, the neighborhood. Everything you know. Oh, that's so gay. That was just what people said. Yeah. yeah. You know. Oh yeah. It's it's it's. And that's not defending it. That's just what what yeah. people said. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It it sucks that it was that way. But like. Yeah. It's one of those things that when you watch it in hindsight, you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. But I think it still holds up as a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other? And I, I know we've we've covered a few of them over the course of the show. Are there any other movies kind of in this genre that you would recommend or that you kind of love? Drive Me Crazy. Yes. Which crazy. also ends with drive a big me, choreographed uh, dance number. Drive Me Crazy actually happened to me freshman year where I got, it was like there's a new boy in school and everyone was like waiting to see who he was going to ask to homecoming. And then he asked me and then... He ended up getting a girlfriend right after he asked me. But the girlfriend was like, oh, no, it's okay. This wasn't in Drive You Crazy, but the girlfriend yeah. was like, okay, like it's okay. Like You can still go to the homecoming with Katie. And I was like, no, and I ended up bringing a friend. Yeah, you're like, no, that's weird. It literally <laughs> was Drive Me Crazy. You know, honestly, I don't know why. I mean, I kind of associate this time also with a lot of slasher movies, too. Sure. So Scream, you yeah, know, like that. that I'm a huge fan of that. It's coming back to Senespia in September. Oh. Um, I went on a great date to see that last time. Now I'm going to go an even better date to see it this time <laughs> with my actual boyfriend. <laughs> Was the other date with one of your like boyfriend replicas? 
it was going with your actual Sean this time. Yes, I'm going with my actual Sean. It was uh, yeah, it was a stand-in before I met Sean. A life model decoy of Sean. Yes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, and I think that it is apropos because it was written by Kevin Williams. Is Williams or Williamson? I don't know. The guy I want to say it's Williamson. I think it's Williamson. Williamson, yeah. yeah. The guy who wrote Dawson Creek. So um, yeah, so I do think that it it did play a part in you know this whole world. It also has, like, one of the best sequels ever. Scream 2 is awesome. I've heard Scream 2 is very good. Um, Have you never seen it? I was a very scared little boy. <laughs> in in my head, a horror movie was designed not to, like, make you jump and just get your adrenaline going a little bit. In my head, a horror movie was designed to break you psychologically. Oh, my God. And yeah. because I was such a scared kid, like, in my head, like, pretty much scream was real yeah you know and so like some friends of mine were watching scream 2 at mm-hmm. the house one night i freaked out in the scene where they tried to crucify jerry o'connell <laughs> and ran downstairs and watched like a disney on ice special with my mom yeah uh which i think was actually the last time me and my mom like hung out <laughs> um Great. yeah i and so like i just avoided horror movies for so long see and like i i don't know if i could go back to scream now I really okay don't. just because of like i know I think all you the sh- tricks i think you should because it's so funny it's really well written that is what i've heard yeah that, that it's yeah. that it's surprisingly um, hilarious i grew up with parents that let me kind of watch whatever i wanted so my parents like took me to see scream in the theaters sure and they got me a camcorder when i was in middle school and so i used to recreate these movies so we recreated scream and you know a bunch of us were like you know in middle school sure so it's absolutely hilarious nice um my sister played the boyfriend and we used like fake red hair dye as like the <laughs> hair dye my dad at one point because it was a camcorder so it was continuous um the girl her name was shannon who played the drew barrymore part my dad comes up behind her and waves at the camera at one point and guys i mean i feel like i was like you know, uh, what's his face, um, who played Batman and went off of the sound guy, right? Christian Bale. I feel like I went out, like, I, like, cut the camera and, like, Christian Bale, my dad at that point. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I That's was, very funny. I was 100% that I was kid. so like, mad. Why are you ruining my art? Yeah. We used to take my size Barbies, and what we would do is, like, with our slasher movies, we would show, like, my sister or someone getting pushed down the stairs, just, like, the, the, the initial push on the top mm-hmm. of the stairs, then cut to a my size Barbie going down the stairs, and then cut to, like, one of us on the ground. It was that's so very ridiculous. funny. Honestly, that's that's very that's very smart special effects for a child. <laughs> yeah, that's some, like, be kind rewind shit right yeah. there. Yeah, Um. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for, yeah, having me. Um, if people wanted to have more Katie Foley related content in their lives how would they do that um you guys can follow me at kt did what now on instagram uh, and it's k-a-t-y right k letter k letter t did what now okay um and then my website is katiefoley.com katie perry unfortunately sorry not sorry i can be found across the internet at hell yes brandon uh gunslinger has a show this wednesday macho has some shows coming up but though they're both before this podcast drops Yes, that's true. Um, so we'll have we're gonna have more shows soon. Soon, though. But yeah, Gunslinger has its its next show this coming Wednesday. I have two sketches in it: one about a Pokemon battle, and one uh, that's a parody of the Germanic folk tale, "The Musicians of Bremen." Love. Which, I don't understand. I don't know. He told me they're both gonna make me sad, but I have to help make Pokemon costumes anyway. Oh yeah, they're they're all they're all gonna make they're gonna bum you out real hard. 
But uh, yeah, the musicians of Bremen. If you if you if you aren't familiar and you aren't, uh-huh. uh, Jim Henson made a TV movie of it in the eighties. It's about like a a bunch of animals who can't do farm work anymore. Yeah, who decide to become musicians and like travel around the country looking for a new home, and uh, it gets weird. Uh, <laughs> you can also f- I've been posting a bunch of shit on SoundCloud lately too. Uh, you can check that out through my Twitter or my social beth what about you uh you can find me everywhere as usual uh at, at girl you can follow the podcast at, at intuit pod i'm still basically hyper unemployed uh <laughs> i have nothing to plug uh no i've got some shows coming up later in the year but i don't have the production dates on them uh and yeah you can follow us online at i think you'd be into it on facebook or uh intuit pod on twitter uh, thank you, as always, to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Uh, starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Uh, falling is like flying. There's just so many words in it, and then I think I'm worried I'm going to get it backwards every time. Yeah, can we take it again? Because yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, as always, to our. Oops, nope. Thank you, as always, for the use of our theme song to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the song starting is oh, starting over. Oh fuck my! Now you've got me all in my head about it. I yo thanks, Kaylin. What up? I'm out. <laughs> uh, thanks. Y'all to- know. Y'all know by now. It's a good song. Go check it out. Check out <laughs> Laughing Into the Void. That's her new album. Oh, it's really good. She's going on tour. I think she left already. She's going to be on tour for like the whole month of August. She's oh. definitely coming near you. Go check it out. The record's really good, you yeah. guys. It's 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 a fucking banger. And in my head, I've mashed together like three of the songs. Yeah, well, you don't know the words to anything. We <laughs> covered this already. That's true. So yeah, I guess uh, all that being said... Oh yeah, you didn't talk about how there's oh, like yeah. every Smash Mouth song in this movie yeah, except yeah. for All Star, I think. Yeah, every every song on the first Smash Mouth record seems to be in this movie, and they all start with an organ breakdown that's basically burn it, burn it, burn it. That's just a Smash Mouth song. True. Oh, I was gonna give a shout out to uh, Instagram uh, merch guy Meth Syndicate for his amazing uh, T-shirt of Guy Fieri that says Smash Mouth. See, as soon as you said shout out, I almost said Guy Fieri because when you say Smash Mouth, I think Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's where Who this was is going. Guy Fieri. What? Who is Guy Fieri? Oh, he's a celebrity chef. Oh, okay. Uh, he makes donkey sauce among other things. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Yes, he's got yes, a lot yes, of yes, frosted. Yes, yes, yes. He's the he's the one person keeping frosted tips alive. Yeah. Yes. Actually, from everything I've heard, he's actually like a very good guy. Um, but he I'm is, sure, but he's still funny. Yeah, on his face, he is absurd. I um, I. Got, uh, I was talking with one of my stepdad's like Vegas connections to get a room booked for a trip a couple years ago. And when the guy was telling me about all of the things that they have at this hotel, he included that they have a, a restaurant by Guy Fieri. Uh, like, Fieri. really getting into the Italian of it. And I, but that's not even his real last name. What's oh, what is his last name? name? Remember, I looked this up. I think it's Ferris, maybe. That's or hilarious. Ugh. Or he, it's, it's not, I don't know, but I looked it up and then I tweeted at you about it on Twitter. Anyway, none of this needs to be on the podcast <laughs> and yeah. I need to change because I have to go to boxing in 15 minutes. Oh, yes. so. go, yeah, that's go. fair. Podcast um, over. Yeah, pod, podcast over. Between you and your God!